Well, I'm finishing up my series on agape love. How many people have been, been taking some of the messages and applying them to your life? Amen. Love is the key. Amen. That's the key to our faith. Our faith will not operate without the love of God because faith worketh by love. Amen. And so we're, we're in a, 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 a series of agape love. Agape love is the highest kind of love that you can walk in. It's the God kind of love. And I know that we can walk in the same love that Jesus walks in. Can I get a witness? You can walk in that kind of love. And Jesus was amazing. He loved people and we are lovers of God. He loved God and he loved people and we are lovers of God and we are lovers of people. And agape love, uh, my definition, it's a selfless, sacrificial love. Not contingent on what others do for us or to us. It's based solely on the love that God has for us and has deposited in us by the Holy Spirit. So praise God. I love that. So, 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 so really, agape love is a selfless, sacrificial love. And it, it, it's not based on how good people treat us. It's not based on what people do for us. It's based on what Jesus has already done for us. And when we get a revelation of what Jesus has done for us, as in wiping away our sins, glory to God, making us right with God, giving us a relationship, a heaven for home, uh, we're going to be so grateful and thankful that it's going to, it's going to compel us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it this morning. It's going to compel us to walk in the love of God for all people. Amen. Glory to God. I, I love it. And today I want to talk to you about the part of, uh, of agape love, which is really uh, is giving. And, and so really, if you're going to walk in the love of God, you're going to be a giver. Amen. Amen. You're going to have a desire to give. We know that God is the greatest giver of all time. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he did something. He gave his only begotten son. He gave his only son so that we could have eternal life, that we could escape hell. Glory to God. So, so, so God gave his very best. So, so, so he is the ultimate giver. And so today I want to talk to you about, about three areas of giving uh, that we need to focus on in our love walk. Our time, our talent, and our tithe. Amen. Our time, our talent and our tithes. So, so we 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 are called to give our time to God and to give our time to people. Glory to God. Amen. We, we're called to give. I, I love this. Let, let me just back up to the scripture right here. It says in first John three eighteen, uh, it says, my little children, let us love in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I love that. So, so Paul, oh, actually, John is saying here that we're not just supposed to love, you know, just just to say that we love people. No, our love has to be demonstrated through action. Love is always demonstrated through our actions. It's not just by word. It's our actions that demonstrates the love of God. That's why Jesus acted on our behalf. Jesus went to the cross on our behalf. 
because we, we were lost and undone without Jesus. I like the amplified here in 1 John three eighteen. It says, little children, believers, dear ones, let us not love merely in theory with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action, in truth, in practice and sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. When, when, when John wrote this, he was talking about if there's somebody that you're, that you're in contact with that needs help, he was saying that you don't just say be, be uh, warm and be filled. He said do something for them. And so what God is calling us to do is to do something for people around us. And really, we're, we're our, we should always be looking for needs to meet, glory to God. We should always be looking for ways to bless, glory to God. We should always be looking for opportunities to pray. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. Pray for somebody. If you don't have to have money all the time to help somebody, you can pray. You can you can confess the name of Jesus over them. You can you can do something amazing. You can win them to the Lord. Amen. 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 Uh, my brother over here, I was at. We were at uh, the men's breakfast yesterday, which was it was an awesome breakfast. And uh, and we 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 had good stimulating conversation about Jesus. And um, one of my brothers here, Greg, he, he won somebody to the Lord last week. And, uh, you know, he you know, the Lord just put on his heart just to minister to somebody where he was at. And, and I'm telling you, it, it, it's it does something. Glory to God. When, when you witness to people and, and let people know the, about the love of God for them, we're, we're entering into Easter time, and this is the best time to talk to people about Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so, and, and I'm telling you, and, and so his testimony just it, it, it ignited the entire group, and it made us all want to go out witnessing. We used to go out witnessing as a church on Saturdays, knocking on doors, praying for people. We might need to get back to that. And, uh, but uh, it, it, it does something for, I think it does something for more, more for us than for the other people. Why? Because it shows that our faith is real. It shows that we're serving a living God. Glory to God. So I want to talk to you today uh, 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 about, about, your time and how important your time is. Uh, and, uh, and, and so let's look at this scripture here. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Uh, let's look at uh, uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And let's look at this for a second. Because I'm going to say this, that when you get saved, you're not just saved for yourself. You're not just saved just to, just to, just to survive down here and make it until you get to heaven. You're not just, you're not just survivors. No, you're thrivers. And so you're not just saved just for yourself. Uh, you, you, God has a work for each one of us. And in Ephesians 2, it says, By grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, so I'm going to say this to you today. You're called, because we're talking about the giving part of love, you're called for good works. You're called to give out. Amen. And I love this because it says here that God prepared beforehand 
that we should walk in good works. You're not saved by good works. We're saved by grace through faith, as the scripture says. But because we're saved, we do good works. We reach out and bless people. Glory to God. And, uh, and, and so I love what it says in John 15, 16. Jesus says this way, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask in the father in my name, he may give you. So what is God saying to us? He's 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 raising us, each one of us up to walk in uh, in the fruit. Uh, uh, to bear fruit for him. And I'm going to say this, uh, bearing fruit is more than just us walking in the fruit of the Spirit. A lot of people read this and say, okay, bearing fruit is to uh, walk in the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's good. But bearing fruit is allowing God to use us for his glory and to operate in the giftings and callings that he has for each one of us. I'm going to say it again. Bearing fruit, uh, this is, this is the, the giving part of love, is, is, is for us to operate in the giftings and the callings that God has for each one of us. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a calling. Look at your other neighbor and say, I think you have a calling. No, I'm kidding. Amen. So you have a calling. God is calling each one of us, amen, uh, to, to bear fruit. And that is to operate in the giftings and callings that he has for us. And so, and so the first part of love I want to talk to you is, is about our time. Our time is valuable. We need to prioritize our time in building the relationship with God, first and foremost, and giving our time to others. Paul talks about the importance of our time and how we need to be using it wisely. You don't want to be wasting your time while you're down here on earth. You want to, you, the Bible talks about making the most of our time. In Ephesians, Paul is talking here. He's saying, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I love that. So he's saying here that we need to be very careful with our time. We need to be spending our time focused on our building our relationship with God and building our relationship with others. I like what the New Century Version says it this way. It says, so be very careful <coughs> how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise, but live wisely. Use every chance you have for doing good because these are evil times. So do not be foolish, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. What is God's will for us is to bear fruit for him. And we can only do that. We can only bear fruit. That is operating, bearing fruit, again, is operating the giftings and callings that God has for us and doing what God is calling us to do. It's, he's, he's calling each one of us to do something for the kingdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? But the only way you're going to be able to do that is that you're going to have to learn to abide in the vine. That's the first thing that we need to do with our time is learn to abide in God's presence. 
In a sense, you're abiding in his presence when you hear the word of God. When you come to church and you worship and the presence of God is in this, you're you're abiding in his presence. When you come and you listen to the word of God, in a sense, you're abiding in his presence. You're abiding in him. And and so we got to get a revelation that that as we abide in him, he abides in us. Let's look at this 15, 1 and 5. It says, if I am the true vine... And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. So, so this is amazing to me because, you know, I'm going to say this, that, that instead of trying to do, you just got to be. Sometimes we're trying to do it, but you just got to be. You got to be what? In Christ. You got to be in him, glory to God. So just try, we're trying to do some things, but if we're in him... Those things of, of witnessing, praying for people, all that is going to come natural. We don't have to force it. We don't have to try to make our walk work with God. As we develop the relationship with God, you get excited about the things of God. You're going to automatically start walking in love and doing things for people. It's going to be, it's going to be an outflow of an inward work in your life. In other words, your, the outward actions is always it's based on what's going on on the inside of you. And if God is working on the inside of you, your outward actions are going to show it. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? So Jesus is calling each one of us. I like to say this. He's calling each one of us to a banquet table of his love. And, 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 and he's calling people in this world to, to have a relationship with him. And to have a fellowship with him. In Luke 14, 16 through 24, uh, Jesus is talking about uh, a parable here. And, and let's read this. He said, he said this uh, to him. A certain man gave a great supper and he invited many and sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. This is talking about the kingdom of God. But they all one accord begin to make excuses The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to excuse me. So another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring here the poor, the maimed, and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done. All you commanded, and still there's room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges. Compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus saying is, 
that we, and I'm going to say this, this is a call for the unbeliever in a sense. It's, it's a call for the unbeliever to have a relationship with God. Jesus said, I knock on the door and if I come in, I will sup with you. But it's also saying here that, that these people were making excuses why they couldn't have a relationship with God. And I'm going to say this to you today, that, that, that the enemy can be working on some of us to make excuses why we can't read our Bible in the morning, why we can't pray like we need to, why we can't get close to God. we got to be very careful that we're not making excuses why we can't have a great relationship with God. I'm going to say this, you, you, God is not holding his relationship back from us. In other words, God is allowing each one of us, you can be as close to God as Jesus is close to God. Can I get a witness in the house today? The Bible says if you, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. These people forfeited the blessing because they made excuses. And we got to be very careful that we're not allowing excuses to keep our relationship alive with Christ. I love what Jesus said in the next line. This is interesting because I'm going to say this. You serve a God that is a committed God and he's committed to you. But on the on the other hand, God wants us to be committed to him. Oh, he he God is committed to us. But he wants us to be committed to him. And Jesus said some strong things right after this parable. He says now uh, in Luke 14, 25, 27, he said, Now a great multitude went with him and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, I'm calling you to be committed. He's saying this. He's, he wasn't really actually saying, hate your brother or your mother or your children. He was saying in comparison to your family, in comparison to your career, in comparison to that, God should be greater. Your love for God should outweigh your love for anything else. Oh, I'm preaching today. Oh, this is serious preaching today. Your love for God should outweigh your own personal interests. Oh, did I say that this morning? Because God is calling us to love him and to lay some things down. You're going to have to lay some things down to have a relationship with God. You're going to have to put some things down on, this, on the burner. You might need to put down Netflix. Glory to God. You might need to put down some of your hobbies. Glory to God. You might need to put down whatever you need to put down. What? To develop your relationship with God. I remember this one preacher that he preaches all over the world. But before he became a preacher and went all over the world to preach, Jerry Savelle, he said that he made a commitment that he wanted to start praying uh, to God in the morning. And every time he got up early, he would fall asleep. He would get up like at five o'clock in the morning. I'm not too sure exactly what time it was. And then he would start to pray and he would fall asleep. Then he made a commitment that he was going to stand on his bathtub, on the edge of his bathtub, and he was going to pray. And he knew that if he, if he fell asleep, he would hurt himself. Are <laughs> oh, you hearing what I'm saying today? So what he, 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 in other words, the Bible says, make no provisions for the flesh. In other words, he started getting serious about his prayer life. 
And what happened was it turned him into a worldwide preacher. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We got to get serious about our relationship with God. Can I get a witness in the house today? You know, there's the parable of the soils and Jesus warns us what can turn us away from the love of God. He he talks about in the parable of the of the soils. uh, He says the first soil doesn't understand the word. So what the devil's trying to do is keep us from understanding the word of God. That can keep us in a, in a place of darkness where we can't receive the love of God like we need to. Number two, he said this is something that we got to be very careful. He said persecutions and being offended can keep us from the love of God. He said the devil is constantly working against us. The devil is trying to work against us in, in harassing us, uh, coming against us through people. He's trying to persecute us or he's trying to get us offended. If the devil can get us offended with what? With, with God. Yes, you can get offended with God. You, in other words, you can be serving God and something bad happens. And you say, well, this, I, I don't deserve this bad thing happening to me. I've been serving God faithfully and something bad. You know what? Bad things come to good people. Jesus said, uh, you know, we will have trials and tribulations. You know, it's going to come. The storm is coming to all of us. We're not exempt from the storms of life, but we don't need those storms to get us in a place of offense where we're offended with God because we're serving him. And now some things are coming against us. Sometimes when pressures of life comes against us, we, 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 we give up on God. But you're not going to give up on God. You're not going to let go of God. You're not going to get offended with, with the message of faith. Glory to God. Some people get offended with the message of faith. What's the message of faith? It, that, that, that if you believe God, God can do it. Yeah. And some people get weary in their well-doing and they haven't seen God move like they think he should And they get offended and they throw out the faith message. Faith works. Believing God works. It's just a process. You just got to learn to wait because faith and patience go hand in hand. Glory to God. And, And that's what the Bible says. It says through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. And so a lot of times we get offended because we get tired of waiting. Can I get a can I get a witness today? And so I'm going to say this, allow patience to undergird your faith and you will see the promise of uh, the third soil that, that was affected uh, and it will affect the love of God in your life is, is it's in Luke 18, 14. It says, now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they've heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches and pleasures life. And bring no fruit to maturity. This is what I'm saying to you today. If we're going to walk in the love of God, we got to make sure and we keep the love of God. We got to make sure that the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life is not coming into our life. In other words, we got to be very careful that we're not allowing the, the, the good life. Yet sometimes when we start serving God and God starts blessing us, we get our focus on the good life. Nothing wrong with the good life. Jesus promised us abundant life, but it's all in, in, in him, glory to God. It, it, it's walking in his kingdom, not forgetting about him. And he's saying here that, that if we allow cares, worries, uh, riches, pleasures in his life, 
The Bible says it will actually choke out the word of God and it will choke out the love of God in our lives. Can I get a witness in the house today? So we need to focus on our relationship and, and our working relationship uh, and, and our, our, our worship relationship with him. Now, I, I love this. Let's look at Luke ten thirty eight. It says, now it happened as they went and entered a certain village. A certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, also that sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken from her. So what I'm saying to you today, the word of God always comes before the work of God. The word of God always comes before the work of God. We see we see this this situation where Martha and Mary had the disciples in their house and Martha was preparing a meal and she was all caught up in doing that. There's nothing wrong with 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 serving. We're called to serve, but we need to understand the importance of the word of God as well. And Mary, you know, Jesus came in and started speaking some words of grace, speaking some words of love, speaking some words. And Mary just got caught up in the word. And Martha was so set in doing instead of being. And so when 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 Mary was there, she was being in the presence of the Lord. What she was being built up. And Jesus said that what Mary did will not be taken away from her. So I'm going to say this to you today, that you need to make sure that before you do the work of the Lord, get into the word of the Lord. Allow the word of God to build you up because you can get burned out doing the work of the Lord. And if you're not built up in the word of God, amen, you will be in trouble. The number two key, I want to talk about love in the giving part of it. This, the, the, the number one was, t- was giving our time towards God and his word. Number two, God's love in us motivates us to use our talents for God. God's love motivates us. Jesus talks about this, and this is really powerful, in Matthew 25, 14 through 29. And he says this, for, a kingdom of, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he also received the one, dug it in the ground, and hid the Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, and saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful only in few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And he also... He who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents. Besides them, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful only a few things and I'll make you ruler over many things. 
enter into the joy of the Lord. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew what I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money in the bankers at my coming and I would have received back my own interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to the one with 10 talents. For everyone who has more will be given and he who has an abundance. But to him who does not have that, that what he has will be taken away. So what what Jesus is saying is he's saying that the talent is more than just money. And yes, it was it was money in this parable, but it's what God gives us. It's our abilities. It's our giftings. It's what God has deposited on each one of us. We all have abilities and giftings to enhance the kingdom of God. And what God does is he deposits these things in us. Why? So we can use them and so we can multiply them. What? For the kingdom. And so what God is saying here, he's saying is, is that he's given us the gifts and that we need to be using these gifts that he gives us to bless the kingdom of God. I love our dream team. You know, we have people in our dream team. You know, I have Stephen over here that does the sound. And, uh, you know, he's, he's not a sound man by trade. He didn't go to school for it. But he learned and he trained over here. He's a teacher. And, uh, and he does a wonderful job. We, we have Thomas, which does the camera. And, uh, and thank God, hopefully he keeps me in the frame. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and, and so, but he's not a professional, but he's a willing vessel. Glory to God. We have people that are teachers that are teaching. We have people that are ushers that are ushering. They, what, they're, what they're doing, they're, they're using their giftings and their talents for the kingdom of God. Right. And, and, what, and there's, I'm going to say this to you this morning. There's no small job in God. Amen. Everything that we do in God, I really believe, is big in God. Everything that we do for God is big in God. And, 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 and that, that is key. But I, I, I want to be, because there's a judgment seat, I'm going to talk about that, that we're all going towards a judgment seat in Christ. And he's going to judge us for what we do down here. Right. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. I want to, enter, I want to hear that. I, I want to be, I want to be, I don't, see, see that one person that didn't use their talent, the one, that one talent man, he was afraid. The Bible says he was in fear. Fear will always lock you down from doing anything in God. Fear will keep you from stepping up and doing what God wants you to do. Fear will keep, there's many people that's not in church today because they're afraid of the church. They're afraid that, that the pastor is going to try to ask for finances from them. They're, they're afraid. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Uh, they're, they're afraid to come to church or they've been hurt by people and they're afraid to open themselves up to have a relationship with other people. Fear will keep you back from experience the goodness and the love of God for your life. 
And that fear kept that man back from receiving what, what God wanted him to receive. A blessing. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Romans 12, 4 and 8, it says, For, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Having gifts then differing according to the grace that is given to us, <clears throat> let us use them. Notice that he's saying we're all different and we all have different gifts. And so let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or in ministry, let us use them in ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So what is, what is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying each one of us are unique and each one of us have gifts and abilities. And he's saying that we need to be using them for the glory of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And I want to encourage you to be using your gifts for the kingdom of God, for giving out, you know, doing whatever. If you're an encourager, encourage. Amen. If, 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 if you have a gift of teaching, teach. If you have a, 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 a whatever gift it is, use it. You, I'm going to say this. You have a ministry. Glory to God. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got a ministry. And so we need to use those giftings. Number three, God's love should motivate us to give to God in our finances. You know, I don't talk about this too much, but I believe in, in the tithe. I believe in the power of tithing to God. I believe it, it's a blessing. And, and so it's not just under the old covenant. You know, it, it's, it's a whole covenant thing. Now, we know in Malachi, it talks about, you know, uh, uh, will a man rob God? Let's, let's just read this. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you have said, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. Now, I'm going to say this, that what God's blessed, no man can curse. But we can curse ourselves by not obeying the word of God. Uh, we can curse ourselves by not walking in the word of God. I'm going to say this, that this corrupt world system, our money is corrupted unless it's blessed by God. I'm going to say again, our money is corrupted unless God blesses it. And the only way we're going to get the blessing of God is we need to circumcise our money. How do we do that? By tithing a tenth of our income and giving offerings into the kingdom of God. And he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me. See, he's saying, you know, this is the only place in the scriptures where it says test God. You are not supposed to test God in anything else but the tithe. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you're not a tither. You're a giver. We, we, we have faithful people. Thank you. But I want to encourage you to take the step of faith of tithing. And watch God do miracles in your life. Watch God open doors of grace and bless you beyond measure. You can't outgive God. And the Bible says that there's three blessings to the tithe that He will open the windows of heaven, pour out blessings, that He will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and that people will actually see that you're blessed. 
In other words, they will see the blessing on you. See, the tithe is not just under the law. It was before the law came. Abraham, the Bible says, tithed to this man called Melchizedek. And it's mentioned in Genesis chapter 14. And what happened was that Lot was taken uh, away by some kings. Uh, and and, 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 and uh, uh, Abraham went and rescued Lot and uh, his nephew and rescued Lot from some kings. And, he, and, and God granted Abraham the victory. And then all of a sudden, this man named Melchizedek came into the scene and, and brought bread and wine, made a covenant with Abraham. And this man here, uh, Melchizedek, was, uh, some theologians believe he was the incarnate Jesus. They believe that, that, that he was, because it says here in Hebrews 7, because it talks about Melchizedek in the New Testament. And it's in Hebrews 7, it says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, being translated king of righteousness, and also king of Salem means king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like to the Son of God. Notice that it's talking about Melchizedek. That he didn't have a beginning. He didn't have, what was that saying? He was saying that, that I believe that Jesus, the incarnate Jesus, came in the form of a man named Melchizedek. And then Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. And that's where the tithe came from. But, but Abraham didn't tithe out of law. He tithed out of love. In other words, he was so thankful that he won the battle. And that he got Lot back. That he had to give out of the spoils of what he received from the victory that he won. And I'm going to say this. Don't tithe under law. Tithe under love. Why? You, you tithe because of what God has done for you. That, that you have escaped hell. That you have escaped the, 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 the kingdom of darkness. That God has translated you into the kingdom of his dear son's love. So we, we don't tithe out of law, we tithe out of love because we love God. And not only that, we love God, but we give offerings on top of that. We want to show how much we love God. What should our attitude be in giving? Uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, it says here, So let each one of you give as his purpose is heart, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I love that. In other words, our hearts in giving should always be positive. We should always have a positive heart because God loves it. And there's a promise here. It says, and God is able, say God is able, to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things, may have abundance for every good work. So, so what, what God is saying here is in his word, to us, he's saying that if we give a cheerfully and thankfully and we give it to God, that God will bless us and he will give us the grace of financial blessings in our lives. Let, let me ask you a question. Can God trust you with a million dollars? If God was able to drop a million dollars in your lap today, could you give God 10% of it? I can. 
I can give them 20% of a million. I could probably give them 30%. Glory to God. I have a million dollars. God, you can, you can have most, most of all of it, you know. Uh, but a million dollars. Could you do it? But some people can't. And I'm going to say this. If you can't give God a dime out of a dollar, you won't give him 100000 out of a million. Oh, I'm preaching. Oh, my God. I just said it. If you can't give God a dime out of your dollar, then even if God dropped a million dollars in your lap, you won't give him 10% of that. Because what did Jesus said? Jesus said that 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 if we're a good steward over the small, we'll be a good steward over the large. And if we're not a good steward over the small, then we won't be a good steward over the large. Did he not say that? And so when we're stewarding God's money, because that's what we do, we steward God's money. We manage and other everything that we have belongs to God anyway. Everything we have belongs to God. Everything. So, so if God wants something from us, we should just give it to him. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We shouldn't hold anything back. I'm going to say this, that God is a percentage God. Yeah. Oh, that's strong, Pastor. That's strong. He's a percentage God. And what do I mean by that? Well, well, let's look at Luke 21. And I'm closing here. He says, as he looked up and saw rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow putting two mites in, so he said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put more than all for all these out of their abundance have put in an offering for God. But she out of her poverty put in all her livelihood that she had. So we see here that Jesus was looking at people giving into the, the offering bucket and he is a percentage God. He noticed that she gave 100 percent. And what God wants, he wants more than 10 percent. Of your, of your finances, he wants 100% of your heart. Oh, I'm preaching. If God can get 100% of your heart, he's going to easily get 10% of your finances. Because where your heart is, your treasure will be also. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I hope this is not too hard this morning. I just want, I want to encourage you. I want to stoke you up to, 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 to give God all that you have. To bless God with all that you have. Why? I'm telling you, there is a, a, a judgment day. There is a day where we're going to stand in front of Jesus. And, and, and he's going he's gonna to judge us. Uh, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. Therefore, we make it aim, whether present or absent, or to be well pleasing to him. For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each may receive things done in the body according to what he has done, whether, whether good or bad. And, and this is interesting. Where It says whether good or bad. Wait a second. I thought all my bad was on the cross. Yes, it is in a sense. But, but we're going to be judged for how we, we live our lives down here. And we're going to be judged by what God has called us to do down here. And if we didn't do what God called us to do, we're going to be judged for that. Amen. And that judgment is not for us to go to hell. But that judgment is that, that God has these blessings of rewards for all those that serve him. And he wants to give us rewards in heaven. He wants to bless us. But some, the Bible says, their rewards will be burnt up. We will lose rewards in heaven. Doesn't the, some people say, well, I'm just glad just to make it in heaven. Yeah, I, but I just want more than just make it into heaven. I, I, I'm just glad just to barely make it in. You, I hope that's not your attitude. I hope that you're, oh, I'm just glad just to make it. 
No, no, your attitude is to come in triumphant, to come in to, to hear that, thank, you know, to, to hear God say, Oh, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. Come and receive the rewards that I have for you. I'm telling you, when we start serving God and giving our, 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 our time to God and, and, and giving our, our, our tithe to God and giving our talent to God. I'm telling you, that faithful day when we meet him, we're not going to shrink back at his appearance, but we're going to be bold in standing before God, knowing that we've done everything we, we could do to be the best that we could be on planet Earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, I'm raising up a mighty church. I'm raising up a church without spot or wrinkle. I'm raising up a church full of faith, doing the works of Jesus. And I'm telling you, this is the church that will be raptured. I'm saying it again, you are going to be the raptured church. God is looking for a spotless bride and we're getting ready. Look at your name and say, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready for the return of Jesus. And he could be back tonight. Say, I'm ready. ready. Amen. We're about ready to uh, receive tithes and offerings. I just want to encourage you. God will do the impossible in your life when you take that faith faith, uh, step and move towards doing those things. Uh, Be that tither and giver and watch God do amazing things in your life. Glory to God. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness today. I thank you, Father God, that you're causing our relationships to grow and to become better, Father. And I thank you for the precious people here and those watching online. And uh, this is so important that maybe you never made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus is knocking on the door of your hearts. He's asking to come in to your life so that he could have fellowship with you. And so this is the time where if you're feeling the drawing of the Holy Spirit, just confess this and mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you're raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.